All right, everybody, welcome. This is the Pro Zone. This is Rick. Joining me as always is Dan. We have a very special guest today, Mr. JT Dunn, the Juice. How are you, sir? I'm very well. I appreciate you guys having me. How's everybody doing tonight? Good? Oh, we're doing fantastic. Uh, Sorry that we're getting such a uh, late start tonight. Sorry about that. No, that's okay. I'm a a night owl. I do my best (laughs) work at night. (laughs) (laughs) Like I've told you many of times as I message you, once again, thank you so much. I wasn't even expecting you to message me back that quickly when I messaged you that day. Like, (laughs) please. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i just uh it was just weird that day that guy had just messaged me out of the random i didn't know who he was we're not familiar with each other and he was just very rude with me and uh and i mean i guess if we were buddies like sure you could speak to me and i would i wouldn't hold it against you like that but he was just like yo man do my podcast like yo <laughs> my world ended as many people's did we hit a pause button and then the first time right. I have any contact with you in, in a wrestling world sense, uh, you're just saying, yo, man, do my podcast. No right. link, no nothing, no, hey, man, my name's this. Like, <laughs> You went so, about it the wrong way, basically. And then so, uh, I talked to Danny yeah. about it, and he was very polite, and I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do your podcast. Let's do it. I appreciate you, that. It's crazy because I've been watching you in the Northeast circuit for probably like five years now uh, for Northeast wrestling. And I've I've always told myself like, hey, if I ever get a podcast going, you were obvious, you know, you were one of my first suggestions that I wanted to get onto this show. So I appreciate that. when When I finally got this podcast started, I was like, all right, JT, you know, he has to have the first dibs. So I appreciate you coming on here again. It's crazy how life makes it work, right? It just kind of happens that way. Yeah, man. But, uh, you know, starting off here, you know, with this whole pandemic going on, like, how how have you been doing? How have you been through it, you know? I'm not going to pretend that it's easy. Uh, It's definitely tough. Um, I I think that I have it uh, maybe a little bit easier than most. Like, I, I... Losing wrestling, that sucks. Um, but for me, I'm very uh, smart with my finances. I'm just a smart businessman. So my business, my brand keeps on moving. Uh, and I allow this time for a lot of healing, mental healing, physical healing. Uh, for me, this is the first time in 10 years that I've been able to, like barring a major injury, uh, that I've been able to kind of just sit back and relax and not stress. And uh, as you can see with the way Twitter has been, uh, wrestling is a very stressful place. <laughs> and now I feel like more people are involved in it than ever. And um, it's been good to kind of just get away from all of that. I've needed a break. Um, I think I've needed this break. This is four years too late, I think, for my mental, <laughs> uh, for when I really, really needed it. But it's been good. Um, it's allowed me to just uh, explore different avenues, fix my real life. Uh, a lot of things in my life, I kind of just push to the side for wrestling. You have to kind of give up everything and give up a schedule. You're not allowed to have right. a real life anymore. Uh, and it sounds really cool. Like, that's like, oh, awesome. This is sick until a pandemic hits. And then you have to go be the real you. And you're like, oh, man, well, damn, wrestling guys in my underwear really doesn't look sweet on a resume. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of guys out of work right now because of the whole entire pandemic. Nobody's really running shows. And some people are starting to run shows again, you know, mm-hmm. towards the end of this month, towards the end of this month. I know Beyond actually just ran a show, what, last week? Um, yeah, uh, I, yeah, I think last week. Another one coming up soon, I believe. 
Yeah, I think they hit. Uh, was it Atlantic, Atlantic City? Yes, yeah, right week? on the boardwalk. Yeah. GCW. I didn't, I didn't happen. Yeah, I didn't catch that just yet, but uh, I usually do keep up on their product, so mm-hmm. they're good. Yeah. Now, growing there? up, did you grow up in Providence, or were you born in a different location in Rhode Island? No, I'm, I'm born in Providence, born and raised. Uh, I moved over the years, family, stuff like that. And then uh, I, when I was old enough and I started training, I would move and relocate for whatever was uh, easier for me. Found myself in Philadelphia when I was running the Combat Zone Wrestling School with a few guys. When uh, a couple of guys got called up, uh, we came in and filled in the classes for them. So instead of driving down to Philadelphia three times a week, I just moved my life there. I uh, came back here, been back a couple more years, and I mean... I don't know. Everywhere I seem to go, I end up back here in Rhode Island. It's never, <laughs> it's never gonna end. <laughs> well, you know what? It's so crazy that you've only been in this business for about twelve years or so already. Uh, yeah, I would say around it, twelve years in it. I wouldn't. I wish I could say that much time. I would like, <laughs> but um, yeah, I would say probably about eight or nine years actively wrestling, uh, but twelve years definitely around. Now, how were you introduced into, like, pro wrestling? And, like, what were some of your, like, uh, match, like, inspirations, you know, again, involved with the business? Was it something that you were always... Like, for me, like, me watching it or uh, Uh, introduced, like, how I got into wrestling? uh, Just watching it and uh, just getting involved with the business. Um, so I definitely wasn't a wrestling fan growing up. I played football. Like football was my, was everything for me. Uh, I had the boyhood dream of going to college, being the best football player in the world, going top 10 in the draft, like just having that big moment on stage, like shake hands with Goodell, whoever, whatever you got to do. That was my dream. Um, and then when I was 17, I started training to do the pro wrestling stuff. Uh, and that was just like on accident. Me and my buddies had our little shindig of a show and we put a video on YouTube and I actually got Vinny Marcellia, uh, who wrestles with the ring of honor. Like yep. he was, uh, he lives in my area and he happened to see the YouTube video with the guy he trained with. And they were like, well, you're not the worst, but we got a ring. You can come like learn how to be a real wrestler. And that's kind of how it started for me. Um, but then at like 17, I ended up breaking my face, uh, like early training. And I had to make a decision after that if I wanted to continue with college and go play football. Or for some reason, I was just drawn to this pro wrestling thing. I think it's because like I played football for so long. I, I knew football. I knew the X's. I knew the O's. I knew what I wanted to do. But wrestling was the first thing in my life where it was like, I don't know anything about this. I don't know anything. I'm not a fan. I know The Rock. I know Stone Cold. Like, that's what I know. But, like, I don't know right. anything. Um, but luckily, like, my younger sister was a wrestling fan. And that was where, like, my early knowledge came from. Like, <laughs> watching SmackDown with her and uh, was a UPN 28 was the the station here. Like, that was my wrestling knowledge. Like, now it's so extensive. It, it, it seems so silly that that was my early introduction to it. But uh, aside from that, I have, like, early memories watching, like, one, two, three kid with my uncle. Uh, I remember videos of Macho Man, and that's why they were so predominant as my favorites because it's my earliest memories, my, my earliest attachments to people. Um, but for, like, the, the wrestling that has consumed me now – uh, finding the hero and punk matches, that's what did me in. Because it was just like, um, I had only known like silly catchphrases and 
the best there is, the best there was. And for me, I talked so much trash. I'm such an uh, ego-driven, competitive athlete. Like, I need spice. I need variety. I need something that makes me feel like, oh, wow, this could be me or this could be somebody I know. And the WWE, when I was younger, WWF, those guys were just rock stars. I couldn't compare to them. Who the hell am I? I'm 10 right. years old. I don't, I don't smell what the rock is cooking. Like, what? <laughs> but then I saw Hero and Punk. And, like, especially at that time when I found them around 17, 18, 19 years old, and I was very rebellious in my real life. I was, like, I, so much had happened to me. I was just so spiteful and angry that when I heard Punk yell on the microphone and say all these cuss words to people, I was like, wow. I want to say those things to people. That's how I feel inside. I'm so mad at the world. And then I saw Chris wrestle and I'm like, yo, this guy is so smooth. His wrestling is, is precise. And even when I was doing like a uh, messing around wrestling with my friends, I was never in for it for falling on the ground or the concrete or, or anything silly like that. I wanted to learn the style. Like, Oh my God, this guy did the headlock the same way 14 different times in this video. Why is he doing it like that? Like those are the questions I ask myself as my friends have cheese graters on their forehead and they're just screaming cactus jack, cactus jack. And I'm, I'm like, oh, cool, man. But uh, so drop soul hold. How's that go? <laughs> so you're going for more like a technical style, like classic wrestler. I just love kind of... I'm a perfectionist. I, I'm a, I just I wish I wasn't sometimes. I'm so detail right. oriented and I just uh, I'm so driven by detail i need to know every scenario of everything and i think that's i enjoy the most about my matches right. is i put so much effort into making sure that nobody else is going to go this extra length and i know that the the real wrestling fans appreciate the detail i learned it from those guys watching it all that all those years ago and uh, there was a reason why they were so famous in a time where being famous wasn't really a thing in, in wrestling right. you're, you're collecting tapes how many times is that tape really going to get traded well survey says a bazillion because look at those guys now <laughs> yeah uh, and those matches still hold up like i, I probably watched the iwa mid-south uh 90 minute like i probably watched that i was just gonna bring twice that up a to month. you yeah Maybe twice that, a month. Like, yeah, just, I have that on. It's so crazy. <laughs> yeah, that that's an incredible match. They wrestled 90 minutes straight. An Iron Man match, those two guys. Uh, I think that was my first exposure to Chris Hero, believe it or not, because I had only mm -hmm. ever heard about him. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. I was somewhat familiar with Punk. I guess I'm trying to remember what year that was. Earlier 2000s, obviously. But it was work rate. You know what I mean? Those guys are yeah. really incredible. Right? You know, and they were doing yeah, something different for that rate. time period. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. that's the best way to describe it is work rate because yeah. that's what I, I think that they are. They're just workhorses in, the, in their yeah. own essence. Yeah, man. So you were trained by Dave Cole and uh, Chris Hero. Now, how is it like being mm -hmm. trained by, you know, Chris Hero, who is such, I would consider like an encyclopedia, you know, he's just like a walking encyclopedia. <laughs> he is. You know, just talking about all these promotions that, you know, guys are really familiar with. But, you know, when you were trained with these guys, were there, was there anybody um, particular in your class that maybe fans or, you know, local fans can be familiar with today? Um, not necessarily with those guys specifically, as uh, a lot of my training in this area that was school related um, would go through like the New England Pro Wrestling Academy, the Top Rope Academy. Uh, when I was training with Dave, uh, that was a very weird, uh, interesting period of my life. Um, I had just gotten sober. I didn't know if I wanted to remain sober. Uh, I didn't know what I wanted at, at all. 
time. Right. And, but I knew I wanted to do wrestling. And Dave was the, the, the top draw here in New England. He was the big cat. And one local promotion kind of paired us together. Uh, I was doing silly vignettes, just anything to get attention. Uh, and I got it. And it got Dave's attention. And it was starting to get over with the, the local fan base. So they paired us together. And um, I really gravitated i would say dave's in-ring style is so different than a lot of people and i think he's so underrated criminally underrated for his creativity throughout his match calling process it's uh it's fantastic it's flawless it's absolutely flawless and and he has um kind of like me where the the details are so predominant to the story that the moves become not even secondary they're third because uh, you just want the the reactions to take place and, and you can kind of supplement anything you want in that match. And that drove me to Dave. Uh, and I just started pretty much becoming a little nuisance, like nagging on his shorts, like Dave, what about this? Dave, what about this? Uh, and he was teaching me wrestling, but the bigger picture for me with Dave is he saved my life. Uh, Dave and another local guy, Trigger the OG, who's one of my best friends. Um, he was right there with Dave. I couldn't give him so much credit early on because we had like a blood feud and kayfabe you can't put over the guy but like whatever man (laughs) him and him and dave were there for me and they kept me off drugs and they kept me sober and i finally had people in locker rooms that would um, have my back because i did have good ideas um i did want to change a lot in new england and i and i have gone on to change so much in this area for so many people but it would have never started if it wasn't for those two guys uh and thankfully they did because the one thing i've wanted in wrestling the only thing i ever wrote in a piece of paper that i wanted was to fight chris um that was my absolute dream because going to the WWE, that was a great dream as a kid, but like, I really wasn't having that when I found Chris, I said, okay, I'm going to be the best wrestler in the world. Cause that's what you got to be to wrestle this guy. There's no, you have to, you have to be one of them to fight him. Uh, right. And Dave, Dave and, and, uh, and Eddie put me on that track and man, they, they kicked my ass to make sure that I didn't fall off. I made sure I was at every single show. I was early to all my shows that I was training every single day I possibly could after the gym. They had me watching films, like everything that just sounds like a wrestling school. Um, Aside from I was getting hands on learning. I would meet them at whatever ring they could find in their ring, go train with them. Uh, And then it all just got me ready for Chris. And then my learning with Chris uh, was expedited. There was no, Here's a warehouse and a ring. It was okay. So we've wrestled. Uh, we wrestled again, and I remember Beyond wanted us to do a third match. Uh, and I remember, <laughs> sorry if I if I cuss, I don't, I don't mean to cuss. Hey, um, we're uncensored. Uh, okay, okay, okay. I've been trying to get better at it. I have a filthy mouth. I'm just no, trying, I'm trying to get better. Um, but I remember Chris was uh, texting with Drew from Beyond and. Drew was like, hey, we, we, he, like, we did the one match, it was in draw, we did the second match, it's last man standing, third match has got to be something exciting. And I thought he was going to tell me to go fuck myself. Like, that's it, man, that's the rug, kid. <laughs> uh, but he actually texted Drew back and was like, hey, what if we're a tag team? Uh, and I remember Drew sent me the screenshot and was like, hey, this is what he said. And I was just like, you're lying. Like, what? Like, what? <laughs> what do you mean he wants to be my tag team partner? Like, I thought fighting him was, that was it. That was my Mount right. Everest. I've climbed it. I have the bumper sticker now. I've earned his respect. We didn't have some bullshit eight-minute match. Like, our two matches combined are 90 minutes long. Like, I felt confident in that. And it was my first real, like, 
coming uh, out party. Like I had the ones with Gargano and stuff, but that one was the fucking one. Like you, you wrestle hero, you show out, you're a made man. I was so made that he wanted to teach me more. And I think that's what got me so excited. It's like, oh my God, like I'm going to be able to like text Chris and like ask him questions whenever I have them. Um, and it's been like that since that moment. Um, it's been a great relationship. I've learned so much from him. And I think my journey was perfect. It took me a long time to get to where I wanted to get to. I've had my ups and downs and I still have them. Um, but so many people don't realize that everything after that match with Chris, this has all been a bonus for me. Like, I don't care. I, I love it. I'm going to hustle right. and, and work my ass off. But man, I saw my life, my real life ending before I was 25 years old. Like, and at 25 years old, instead, I was main eventing in my hometown against my hero in a building that I got in front of all of these people. Like, I felt like a, I felt like a wrestling king. Uh, and I, and I wanted to feel like that. Um, so being able to learn from Chris was so cool because it was on the road. It's in the car hearing these stories, like the, the, uh, the traditional old school way, um, aside from like skipping the dojo stuff like that was expected of me. That's, 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 that was my promise to Chris. Like, uh, it was, we didn't have to say it or anything like that. It's like to be in this passenger seat with you, like I'm going to work my ass off and earn this seat. That way, everything everything you give me in the ring, everything you give me in the car, every text message, every phone call, uh, I'm going to do whatever I can to be the best representation of you for all of these people. Um, and I think that up until this moment, I think I've done a pretty good job of that. <laughs> hey, man, I, I, I got to tell you, you've been doing excellent. And the way I see it, practice makes perfect as long mm-hmm. as it's mind over matter. As long as you have your mind set on whatever you yeah. have intended for you, you know. You just got to take that road. But, yeah, man, you had one of the – probably one of the best critically acclaimed matches with Chris Hero when, you know, both of you, you know, had the double knockout, started teaming up for a while. And, you know, I was mm-hmm. kind of disappointed to team up between you and Chris. You know, that, that didn't last long. That was only good for, like, what, like a good year? Uh, It was a little bit longer than that. But so what we did um... – and this is what I love about Chris is there's so much storytelling and that's, that's who I am. I'm an artist. I'm a creator. Uh, the wrestling is just, that's just the way I paint. Um, but Chris was already planning our world takeover a year before it happened. Um, and I had no clue. He had laid it out for me in, in a way where over time it would make more sense to me, but we were an exclusive tag team for beyond wrestling. That was what we were. Um, right. Because we didn't, we, we also needed to make sure that we fit together. Like we had wrestled each other. There's no practice matches. Everything Chris and I did was live. Like when you saw it, that's when it happened. That was, that was it. There was no practice. There was no in the ring beforehand. There was, we just barely made it to the show on time. We're in the back. Like we're, we're putting this shit together. We get out there. We steal steal the show. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. And and, then to keep up at that level. Now, mind you, my level of wrestling was here previously. Now all of a sudden I'm wrestling hero and and the young bucks. And like, and like, it was cool because we did the the juicy product young bucks thing. And that was great because that's, that's where we were at that time. But they wrestled at our level to help us make us look better. Where at that point, I'm now with the guy who's the veteran. I can't fuck up. I cannot mess anything up. So it was just everything was the most high pressure situation I could possibly be in. 
And I loved it. It made every single tag match we've ever had exhilarating. Uh, and it made it when we finally left beyond and we did the Germany tours and everything. Uh, it, it, it made us so much more valuable. And I never really learned that before. So that was my first time uh, really learning it. But it just made me appreciate uh, the reach we can actually garner. Um, because what we did was just for him, it was be a team for beyond wrestling. But for me, that was my home promotion. That's half, like, we're wrestling in my, in my home city, uh, twice a month, three times a month. Like this is helping me build a brand that's going to last me forever. Uh, and I'm so happy that he taught me how to protect my brand. Uh, because when he went back to WWE, obviously everybody was like, Oh, JT Dunn's career is over. He's fucked. Oh my God. It's a sinking ship. Yeah. Fucking tell me about it. Um, but he taught me how to protect myself. He taught me everything I needed to know to get to where I'm at right now. Uh, and man, I, I love him. He's the best. He's he's the best thing that happened in my career. It's, it's crazy. That's awesome. It's crazy how that happened. And you know what? I can see that too because you know the way you know your style gravitated towards you know Chris Hero's style mm-hmm. is so similar, but yet you're. I, I want to say you're a little bit more articulate, but obviously you guys share the same similar styles. Now we have to uh, be different because because uh, of reality. He's so much bigger than me. I'm so much smaller than him. Um, aside from the rolling elbow, uh, there's not too much similarity. Like at one point, we, we might have looked the same, like because we had long hair and, and, and beards and everything, and people would be like, "Ah, he's a mini hero." I never really took those comments personally because all it showed was the ignorance of that person, that fan, that, that human, because they didn't watch my wrestling. If that's what they said, if anybody right. ever thought they were being derogatory, me derogatory to me by calling me a mini hero, like whatever, man, he's one of the greatest professional wrestlers we'll ever fucking see with our own eyes. If I was a, a, a eighth of what he has in his career, I'm happy with it. Uh, and I have that. So I'm fucking happy. Uh, but like clearly that guy doesn't watch my matches. Our styles are very different. Uh, I would throw on a cravat just to make people laugh to piss them off because I know they'd go right home on the dirt cheek and be like, ah, mini hero does a cravat. I'm like eat shit, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm probably the biggest troll you're ever going to meet. I just don't talk about it. I just do shit. <laughs> yeah. Let me ask you, yeah. have you ever worked, uh, have you ever worked Japan at all? No, I haven't. Um, I was actually scheduled for my first Japanese tour when I was working with CZW, um, but fuck them. And uh, DJ took me off the tour to put himself on the tour. Oh, Jesus. So I was one of those guys. I mean, there was millions of stories of that happening. Uh, I remember me, my partner, and Rich Swan got cut so that him and uh, two students could go. And DJ then convinced them that they weren't going to be on the shows, that he'd be wrestling. It's crazy. Wrestling yeah. sucks, man. If I could go back to like that moment when I like and be me now in that moment, I would punch that son of a bitch in the goddamn throat seven times. <laughs> he seems to. Uh, he seems to not be. Uh, he seems to be man. making a bad name for himself over the years. It seems, but you know, not a favorite of mine. Yeah, a lot of people say that. <laughs> go ahead, Danny. So, so when you first broke into the business, uh, your first major promotion was Beyond Wrestling. Um, yeah, I would say major, yes, um, as I had worked everything local, um, and I would say right before PWF, I mean, uh, before Beyond, there was PWF Northeast, and that's where I met Dave and, and, uh, and Trigger, and that's where that kind of catalyst uh, went about, and then that sent me to Beyond about 2012, maybe, I did the, uh, 
the Beyond shows in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and everything when they would do the no the no fans uh, fight in front of the boys. Um, and I remember my first time going down there. I thought that was the biggest crock of shit I've ever heard in my life. And it's just like I'm trying to be this guy now that wants to wrestle in the WWE in front of fucking hundred thousand people, and you tell me I have to go drive nine hours to go wrestle in front of people I don't like. Like, what? <laughs> and this is going to help me get all over the world? Like, how the f- how the hell is the world going to see this match? And it's in a barn. Like, I just right. didn't get it. Um, but that was my, I was young, naive, and ignorant. Uh, and Drew had a plan. He's, he's a master creator. Uh, and he saw a bigger picture, and it took me longer to, to see that same visual. But when I saw it, uh, I don't think, aside from Chris Dickinson and Biff, there was nobody who rode for Beyond as hard as I did uh, in the early years. Uh, we wanted that to be a rocket ship and take off, and, and it did. It's changed wrestling. It changed the way that wrestling is done in the indies. Um, and I think that us as a team, collectively, uh, and that's some of my most fun years in wrestling, was doing all that Beyond shit, and it started in that Allentown garage. I was that was uh, right after they did the Ohio, the infamous Ohio tapings and stuff like that. Um, and Dickinson's the only OG I think left from that time period. Um, right. But yeah, I, was, I came from Allentown after, and then we started doing the uh, studio tapings in North Andover, Mass, and then we started doing the live events in East Greenwich, and then uh, came down here to Providence and such. And now they're in. Uh, right in Worcester, I think. Right? Worcester. Worcester, uh, Mass. Yeah. yeah. I don't yeah. know why I wanted to say one socket, but that's Uncharted. <laughs> yeah, the uh, they got a good series. They're Uncharted, yeah, Uncharted territory. Yeah. That's yeah, mm-hmm. and that's a really great show to watch. They bring in so many people in such a tiny room to everybody's right on top of the ring. So <clears throat> now the match that you everybody got to let me shout out Christian Casanova. Real, there, you real quick. there you go. I'll bring Uncharted territory. You. That's the man. <laughs> that guy's awesome. I actually before Dan, you say this. Um, I got out of wrestling for a couple of years through, uh, you know, I divorced my first wife. I kind of just lost interest because life was busy. So mm-hmm. I started getting back into it probably two years ago. And I went to a Northeast show, uh, North Haven, Connecticut. And I believe the main event was you and, and Casanova, North Haven mm-hmm. fair, the fairgrounds. I think oh, that was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was oh, the first God, time. Okay. And that was, I wouldn't say that was, I'd only been watching wrestling again for about a year out, you know, okay. outside of WWE. So, and uh, I, I had, I thought that was a really good show. I thought like you guys awesome. were, Thank you. killed it in that main event. Yeah. <laughs> so, you. yeah. Appreciate Go ahead. It. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, going on, you know, further into your career, would you say mm-hmm. the match that you had with Johnny Gargano at America Rana was the match that catapulted your career to where you wanted to take off? A million percent. Um, I would say that and uh, the video that followed from Kevin Steen, those are the two things that in a week span, uh, my brand, my business, my wrestling career literally launched. Uh, The Gargano match got everybody asking, who the fuck is JT Dunn? Like, why is this? Who is this name in all of these reports? And then it was the Kevin Steen video where somebody famous said my name and he was like, you should drive hours to go watch this guy wrestle. Um, it sounds so stupid and silly and whatever, but like, I'll never, like I could visually draw you how that video went because it changed my life. He, it was nothing for, for Kevin. He just was filming his vlog on his way back home from the show that he drove to because he's the fucking man. Like that's a long ass drive. And on the way home from that show where he wrestled the, 
I think he wrestled Masada and got skewer stabbed in his face. Like oh, he did yeah. that on that show and then drove home and he was talking about me. Uh, and that vlog went viral. And then um, all the promoters who wouldn't answer my email were now answering my emails. Uh, so it was very, very good for me. And it was cool for me because it was the first, uh, t- like I wrestled Gargano. And then by the time I got back to the locker room, I had a message from a promoter who had already booked Gargano for two weeks later and we were going to do the rematch. It was the first time I had ever left the ring and had the rematch set and had another promotion. Uh, so that I made me feel like a rock star. <laughs> I was like, that's oh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> we that's made really it. cool. <laughs> I watched that match back now. Uh, I watched it recently, like within the last seven days. Uh, there's probably like a million and five things I'd do differently. Like I know Where everybody was that? says that. Uh, there's, there was in Providence. Okay. At that music hall uh, for Beyond the American Rana. First ever Beyond. live American Rana. Yep. Uh, okay, I'm going to look that think, up. I, I'm pretty sure that was the one where it was me versus Gargano, AR Fox versus Anthony Stone, and uh, Biff Busick versus Eddie Edwards, I believe. One of their first matchups. A, and it was... Wow. Uh, Stars versus the New England guys. See who's the best. I'm pretty right. sure it wasn't me that day. I got my ass kicked. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you talking about CZW? That's the one that launched me. So you start. Um, you ended up talking earlier about CZW, and that was your uh, mm-hmm. formation of the GC product. Uh, how is it working? Uh, with David Starr, and would you say that tag teaming really um, touched your craft as a singles competitor? Um, there was like my singles career, I feel, was probably the most red hot it could could get. and I don't know why, but I feel like uh, CZW was a place that you needed to wrestle at. You needed to be there. Uh, it needed to be on your resume, and you needed to have made like a, a an impact there. I didn't want to just wrestle there. Um, and Chris had been there before, and he was like the savior of, of Combat Zone Wrestling. Uh, so to have that accolade, I was like, damn, if that's the guy I want to like emulate, I need to be something like that. Um, so when I went to CZW, DJ little bit made fun of me, uh, at my tryout match, which was against AR Fox for beyond wrestling. Uh, we went to the back. I'm pretty sure he said that I looked like a 13 year old girl. Uh, he used a bunch of derogatory terms to describe my pink hair. Uh, and he said some other comments and I was just kind of like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, okay, man, like, this is the guy I got to impress to wrestle here. Sure. And he was like, I got one offer for you. Uh, and it's going to be Russell David. And I was like, whatever, man. And he was like, whoever gets the most over is going to get booked on CCW going forward. And I was like, like, for real, for real, gets over? Like, how the hell are you going to have, like, people in the crowd with, like, a crowd meter? Like, who gets the highest buzz? Like, I don't understand the cons. Like, we're going to have to go there and fist fight each other. Like, that's just so dumb. Uh, and it worked out in our favor where we just both got over. We walked through the curtain. And he was just like well, fuck, now i got to make you guys a tag team. Um, and, like, there I kind of had to make a decision because aside from beyond, um, CZW would have been the most exposure I was going to have with the constant iPay-per-views and all that and the streaming and stuff. Um, so I unwillingly put my singles push on a hold without realizing that I was doing so until, until after I got to the tag team. Um, but to make that tag team successful, 
I had to give 150%. Um, I, I didn't know tag team wrestling that well, like not on the degree that we took wrestling to as a team. Right. Um, so it was a lot of learning. Uh, he was brand new. Uh, he has a shitty attitude. Uh, so that was very, very difficult. It was, it was never going to not be difficult. Uh, and a lot of bad tendencies to break. And I mean, I had some too. I'm not, I wasn't perfect. Um, but I mean, it kind of worked. We, we got really over as fuck. Uh, and then it led us to go all over the world and win a bunch of tag team titles and, and everything. But like, I feel like I used to put so much emotion into the juicy product and I used to put, uh, so much into it when I didn't have the death by elbow part of my life yet, because I thought like, oh man, this is the, the big for me. Like this is as far as I could bring it, which is pretty, pretty big. Um, but I, I just, again, I, I'm egotistical. Like I crave more. I know that there's more out there. I see other people with more, so I want more and I, and I want to earn it. Um, so now I, I think that that part of my life had to happen and I had to, I had to go through all of those goods, those bads, those ups, those downs. I had to meet those people and lose those people in my life because it taught me everything I needed to know to survive the on the road training with Chris to make death by elbow as successful as it was. Uh, and we didn't split or anything because we were unsuccessful. Uh, he had an opportunity to go show the world how incredible he is again. Um, like that was the only halt in anything that was death by elbow. So uh, I don't know, man, I feel like that the juicy product shit was just, just to get me ready for Chris. It was just to train me and, and, and prepare me for the hardest part of my wrestling career. <laughs> Well, I, I tell you what, maybe the hardest part of your wrestling career, but you definitely had probably one of the hottest years uh, for Northeast Wrestling in 2019. I mean, hey, and NEW World Champion. Um, I was at every Waterbury show that you were at. And uh, oh, yeah. I, I, I got to tell you, man. There. I love that building. I love the Waterbury feeling. I like the the higher bleachers. I like coming out and it feels like I'm in like a – a small WWF arena, like I don't know. Right. To me, it just feels like Macho Man would electrify that fucking crowd. So when I come out in Waterbury, that's the same vibe. I'm just trying to put on the best matches possible, uh, and luckily they they line them up for me at Northeast. <laughs> uh, uh, what would you say is your favorite match um, out of your title defenses? I didn't really have many. I only have. I, I right. wrestled Jimmy Preston. I, I wrestled Wrecking Ball, and then I lost to Darby. And then you had that match with, uh, I don't think you were champion at the time, but uh, Luchumania 2 with uh, Pentagon, which I thought oh, was yeah, one yeah, hell of a match. That was an yeah. incredible match, yeah. I was watching that earlier today. So. Oh, thank you. Awesome um, yeah. I really liked my matches. Uh, I would say out of my whole NEW tenure, let's, let's say, actually, let's say what you said, the 2019 year, uh, that match with Matt Taven, that's my number one. That's my... I feel so proud of that match because I literally didn't know I was wrestling Matt until it was time to wrestle Matt. Uh, I thought I was wrestling Ray Phoenix the entire day. Like I had promoted that. I had uh, promo videoed all of that. I had put so much effort into wrestling Ray and then he wasn't able to make the event. Um, and I had to drive from Providence to Poughkeepsie. Like my girlfriend came with me. It's at the Mid Hudson Civic Center. It's a big ordeal. A, a Macho Man debut in that building. I'm like, I'm ready. I'm ready to rock. Uh, the me, the 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 competitive me is like at a, a twelve. 
like I am ready. Uh, and then they just buzz kill me and they're like, Ray can't make it. We don't have a match for you. And I'm just kind of like, yo, I'm going to break somebody right now. Like, put me in any fucking match right now. I don't care. Like, put me in, where's Moxley? Put me with Moxley. Put me in Pentagon. Where the fuck is Kenny Omega? I'll wrestle him right now. I was so fired up. I was, I, I was like, damn, I can't believe I'm going to miss this show because of somebody else. Like, and this isn't me bearing Ray. I love Phoenix. That's my amigo, my familia. That's my boy. Um, but then an opportunity fell into our lap as the show went on where uh, the Ring of Honor gave permission for the title to be defended. Uh, win, lose, or draw, Taven was responsible for what happened. Uh, and I thought that was super cool because him and I have a very interesting uh, story as two people and then as well as NEW, like, He's the standard bearer. He's the guy that's been there before everybody. He's the champ. He's the best that NEW has ever produced. And then there's me right now who's trying to show that, well, there's Matt Taven and there's also JT Dunn. Uh, so it was super cool that he got to wrestle. for. He hadn't wrestled for NEW for like a year. Uh, so this was his return. It's in Mid-Hudson. It's in front of 3,000 people. Uh, I got a live microphone talking shit. It was my big heel turn for NEW, finally. Uh, and I got to finally just be, like, be who I wanted to creatively. Uh, and then we went on to have like a 30-minute pay-per-view match that I think if, uh, if all the ROH officials were there, man, they would have been very proud of how we represented. Because to me, that Ring of Honor world title means... Uh, that's Nigel McGinnis. That's that's like <laughs> that's a that's a ass kicker. Like if you're fighting, you're fighting as hard as that guy fought. You're hitting your right. face with a goddamn guardrail. You're saying no referee, I'm okay, and you're getting back in there. You're beating each other's ass, and then you're shaking hands afterwards because it's just the thrill of two men fighting each other. And that's what I wanted to show them. Um, so I would say that's my favorite match in Northeast, followed by actually getting to wrestle Ray Phoenix and Waterbury. Now, the, the match you had with... Oh, go ahead, Ray. No, you also wrestled Pentagon as well, which uh, that was another classic, I think, too. In, I love uh, that. Is that Waterbury as well? Love, it was yeah. very cool. That was Waterbury yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah, that's a great building. Yeah, I, now, I love it. Yeah. Now, now, the match you had with Taven, now, would you consider that like an opportunity of you know, possibly getting your foot inside Ring of Honor one of these days? Like, was Ring of Honor one of those places that said, hey, you know, keep an eye out on this guy? You know, we might want to sign him one day. I feel, and this is going to sound very cocky or confident in myself, I feel like everybody's always watching me. And I think that's the best way for me to live my life professionally. Uh, And I I live mistake-free in that world. If I feel like I'm always being watched, but definitely I feel, I feel like a lot of people watch me because they're waiting for, they're waiting for a mistake. They're waiting for, for whatever fictional story they've heard over the years. They're waiting for that one thing to happen. Sorry, suckers. It's not going to happen. I'm really that nice of a guy. I really worked that hard. People in wrestling really love wrestling me. Um, Matt and I may have never always seen eye to eye. But I feel like after that match, man, we're, we have a whole new relationship. We have a whole new friendship. Like, it's, it's very hard to get in that ring and compete at such a high level and, and not earn some of his respect if you actually are real. If, you're, if, you, if you walk around and you're like, I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best, the bell rings and then the crowd and the person you're wrestling now realize you, you're not the best. Uh, your demeanor, your morale, your composure, your uh, ability to get buzz is going to go down because people talk. And I feel like with Matt and I, we're just workhorses, man. And that, and that really helped elevate our game together. 
Yeah, man. Right. And then uh, talk about, you know, what I would consider like a missed opportunity. You only had a brief stint in Impact back in 2016. Um, how come <laughs> that didn't work? Um, there's a lot of factors in that. Things I have talked about, things I haven't talked about publicly. Um, I had to make choices when I was there. Uh, and I think that the choices that I made pissed some people off. Um, I remember, for instance, there was a time where I got to choose my tag team partner uh, to wrestle the Hardy Boys. And I thought that was super cool. Matt and Jeff wanted to wrestle me uh, specifically because I had a match with Matt uh, right before that. And I took a twist of fate bump that he was literally like nobody in the world has ever taken a bump like that for me. Uh, more people should see that bump. Uh, came to TNA wrestling. And I was like, hell yeah, <laughs> let's go. There you go. And then, <laughs> so I'm there for a couple of appearances and then we get to wrestle Jeff and they have all these X division guys in the ring. And uh, they were like, hey, you can pick anybody you want in the ring to team with, uh, and you're going to fight the Hardy Boys tonight. Uh, Matt requested this match with you. And uh, I was like, okay, cool. And uh, Shane Helms was my agent. And um, I looked through the ring, and it was a, a, some of the most amazing wrestles in the world in the ring. I felt very uncomfortable having to make that decision. Uh, so I necessarily went to my loyalty and i said oh well david Starr's in the ring uh juicy product versus the hardy boys would be very cool for wrestling fans i guess and then they were just like next pick i was like oh okay uh chuck taylor and they were like okay we'll talk to chuck taylor we went back outside and then for some reason it got misconstrued that like i was unloyal to my friend at that time uh and all the little politickers just spread stories and stuff like that. Uh, and I also had an instance where uh, I had a run in with Dave Lagana and him and I, we don't see eye to eye. Uh, he was like one of the writers there. And uh, one day him and I are going to see eye to eye again. Uh, that's not going to go well for him. I don't think anybody's going to see him for a while. I'm like, he's yeah, going to have disappeared ever since, yeah. you know, yeah, you better, a couple months. He better fucking yeah. disappear. A lot of people are disappearing for a while. And it sucks when shitty people like that are in a position of power because uh, yeah. guys like me who I just want to fucking wrestle, man. I just want to be yep. around the best wrestlers and my friends and do all that stuff. And they have to add in all of these extra things and favors and all this other stuff. Do this for me to get this. It's just like, it's not really your TV show, man. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. four feet away from Dixie Carter. Why the fuck am I talking to you? Like, why am I talking to you? You're, you're, you're eight shades of stupid. I don't understand right. it. And like the way he didn't translate to the wrestlers very well. It's a very me, me, me mentality. Like, this is what I need. This is what this is for me, me, me. So, no, nah, man, it's for Impact. It's for TNA. It's for Dixie. It's for the company, like the real company. You are just here to just pretend to be somebody, man. Uh, so, fuck that guy. I hope he gets exposed more. Piece of shit. He, he was a television writer beforehand. Yeah, I don't know how he got involved in professional wrestling. I don't I mean, know. He, but I mean, the, 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 uh, the short TV is series. it. It's pretty much yeah. that guy, re the reason yeah. why I left Impact. Oh, that sucks. That sucks. Yeah. Um, and and I, was really, uh, I was really looking forward to the stuff we had planned there. We had some really badass stuff with the Savior of the X Division things uh, in line. But, I mean, again, all of the people that were there at that point are no longer with the company. I have gone right. back since and done things here and there, but who knows what the future holds. It's, it's all positive now. It's all positive. It's a different product now. Uh, we usually do a Tuesday night review afterwards, and 
in the last few months, it's really improved their television product. I think uh, I agree. It's completely different. So and we're I agree. pretty behind, 100% pretty agree. behind it. How'd you hook up with Chaotic Wrestling? Oh, oh man, that's a cool story. Um, so for me, Chaotic is like uh, the most. What's the word I'm looking for here? Uh, man. The most tenured promotion here in New England. It's the most respected, the most, um, like, again, before there was the internet, before there was the Beyond Wrestling that came into New England and changed the game and made it all about uh, YouTube views and everything like that. And you didn't really need the live audience. And then obviously right. they were like, oh, fuck that. We're going to sell the things out too. Uh, but Chaotic was just like uh, all the top guys from my area started there or they trained there or right. they were the champion there and it's a feeder for wwe um for me early on they would never answer my calls like i, I mean i would find everybody i needed to email them professionally photos resume i emailed my dvd like my best of dvds like matches everything to their school and i never ever got a damn answer and then one day, somebody wrote me back and was like, we're not interested in having you wrestle at our show. I was like, damn, that hurt my feelings. I found uh, a friendship with Rich Palladino, the infamous greatest commentator of all time and ring announcer. Um, he is very tight with everybody and chaotic. And then I was doing the Beyond stuff. He was just like, JT really wants to wrestle here. Like, he really does. And I really did because of guys like Brian Fury and Chase and Warbeard right. and Tommaso like, and, and Mike Bennett. Like, all these people were there. Like, I want to wrestle them. I want to I want to get better. I want to learn. I want to know why they're the best wrestlers in the world. You know what I mean? Like, that's been my, my mission. I want to wrestle all these guys because I want their secrets. I want to know what makes them them. And Chaotic is like they wouldn't let me in. They like had all these secrets in there. And it was just like, you're never going to know anything, man. We're not going to tell you to get out of new England. We're never going to tell you. And then uh, I forget the match that it was. It actually, it might've been me versus hand. The, the newer owner booker of chaotic uh, chase Del Monte at that time right. came to the show. Um, I bumped into him after my match and he walked up to me. He was like, we never met. Uh, I just watched you wrestle. That was one of the greatest matches I've ever seen with my own eyes. Uh, is going to be in touch with you. We're going to bring you in for chaotic very soon. Time went by and I was like, okay. And then, uh, my match got announced for me to wrestle, uh, actually chase for the title. That was my debut. But unfortunately I think against Warbeard, he suffered an, uh, an injury and broke his neck. And then, uh, <laughs> they substituted him out and they put me against Brian Fury and Brian was like, uh, that's, that's top dog in New England. that's the guy like you want work for it you want workforce you want the guy who's going to embarrass you in the ring you want to wrestle brian uh, and then i went there and i wrestled him in his house in front of his people they didn't knew they didn't know who this super indie jt dunn guy was they didn't know anything about like beyond or pwg or anything that i or wxw like they're their own little world out there in, in chaotic right. uh and I got a chance to wild him, and we did like 40 minutes, uh, and it was awesome. Um, I didn't expect that much time. I didn't even think we were going to do anything like that. We just kind of went in right. and had, had a blast. Uh, and I was kind of a made man at that point. Um, Chaotic is very clicky. It's very train here, wrestle here, get signed. Uh, I was the first guy to kind of break that mold. I think that I am actually the first guy uh, to wrestle full-time and become like the champions uh, at other levels and never, I think like, I'm not from there, 
Those guys don't train me. I'm not a New England Pro Wrestling Academy guy. I'm not a CPC guy. I'm just a guy who worked really hard. Your current co-holder of the tag title still, correct? Currently, yeah. I think I'm uh, checking my handy-dandy invisible watch here. It's about to be a world record, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember watching that on the, you know, on the YouTube series, Elevated. Now, mm-hmm. um, what? I'm not sure how to pronounce your name. I always mispronounce it. Davian. Davian, yes. Thank you. Even though I hear it, I always mispronounce mm-hmm. it. But anyways, how do you feel about intergender wrestling, if you don't mind me asking? I love it. I don't think there's a difference. Um, I think, see, this is for me, like, I wish that I was kind of a guy who was, well, back then, now I'm kind of like, yo, give me all my credit. But back then, I just kind of would do my job and go about it. Um, I, I fancy myself uh, an early stage intergender pioneer. Um, there was the, uh, the dick flip guy, and he was doing his thing and wrestling that way. Right. Um, but on the same show, I'd be wrestling these women, and I would just wrestle them. It was their ideas, my okay. ideas, together, 50-50. Um, and honestly, I think I, I actually just watched it. I did a tournament for Beyond, the tournament for Tomorrow 2. Uh, I won that tournament, but to get to the finals, I wrestled, specifically chose to wrestle three different women as opposed to three different guys. Um, nobody really believed, I think, that we had the depth to do things like that uh, at Beyond, and right. I wanted something to challenge myself. I wanted to challenge them, and after wrestling them, most of them were better than the guys that wrestled at Beyond. Um, and I've had better matches with the women. My stories have gone over more with the fans. Like still, all these years later, I hear about matches against the women more than I hear about the guys. Uh, right. And then it just got to a point where, uh, like, nobody wanted to do the intergender matches on their shows. Uh, now it's huge again. But then yeah. uh, there was there was the the chair shot to the head. Thing that that went down and beyond with, with Dickinson, and that kind of changed the game a little bit for people, and they got scared, even though it was just <clears throat> wrestling. <laughs> it's right. just good storytelling. It's good drama. Um, I love it though. I love man. To me, some of them, like I said, they're better. And there's a, there's a whole new crop of people out there that I would like to wrestle. Right. Uh, I've bar- barely touched the surface on the talent now. What you mean uh, intergender was as far mm-hmm. as who are some of the. Who, who are you looking forward to wrestling or looking to wrestle down the road? I feel like I could have a really badass match with Jordan and Grace. We were at Beyond for a long time together, and we, ne- and we never uh, we never got to wrestle. Um, I think we had right. one match set. It was supposed to be like Hero and I versus her and Gresham at one point. Uh, we were doing okay. this series of matches with Gresham. Um, but again, it just ideas that were thrown at the wall, never stuck. Um, I would really like to wrestle Jordan. I really like, I, I have this blood feud with Jessica and I want to punch her in the face a lot. Um, so I'd really like to wrestle Jess some more. We got to do so at wrestling has a tomorrow, which was a, uh, a local promotion here in Providence that I was, uh, partially responsible for running. Um, and one of the things we wanted to do there was just 
shine light on wrestling that maybe is uh, different, especially in the New England area. Um, they're very much chaotic and stuff like that, that mentality where it's what you see on TV is what we're going to translate here to our local independent product. Uh, and that's what you get to deal with. Where at what I wanted it to be shock and awe. I wanted uh, the intergender wrestling with that ECW fee, uh, like just free for all feel. Um, and I wanted everybody to just kind of be elevated by the match before them and uh, and go out there and kick ass and we did a lot of badass matches at at what um and some of the girls that passed through there uh they like i was hoping to get a chance to let them kick my ass a little bit like i would love to wrestle rachel ellering uh now that she's about doing her thing like she was a mainstay at what uh, and i'm a huge fan of her and i got to watch her wrestle uh to neil dashwood again with a uh, Lance Storm as a special guest referee, like I got to make that match happen and then go up in the booth in the balcony and watch them steal the show from underneath me. Like the same show that we had like Keith Lee versus Martin Stone on like just crazy matches. And like the one you remember is, is the women. So like these people who were against equality and against uh, saying the women's wrestling or women's wrestlers are equal, you know, some of them are better than us. Like you don't even understand it. Like they're like, oh, if a guy punches a girl in the face, then she got to go down. Punch half these well, girls. I dare you. I dare you. <laughs> kick your ass, bro. That's right. Everybody's tough on. Everybody's tough on Twitter, but for real, these girls are awesome, and there's a whole new crop out here, um, I, and I'm excited for them to just have all these new opportunities, man. Because it's different now. It's great. Right. And uh, you wanted to talk about, you know, Keith Lee for a moment. Uh, I remember that match you had with Keith Lee where he got you hoisted up in the spirit bomb and you literally took the roof down. Yeah, that was, he's a son of a bitch. <laughs> uh, so I love Keith, man. He's the best. He, uh, I would say him and Die Jack are the two guys that made me do things I was super uncomfortable with, but I felt so safe with them. Uh, and they were like, I really wasn't doing anything. It was their superhuman strength and athleticism and just their guidance through moves and stuff that uh, I loved wrestling them. And I'm happy I got to do it so many times that match with Keith uh, is most people just think it was me versus Keith. It was actually a crazy triple threat match with me versus Keith versus killer cross. Uh, and weirdly Keith put me through the ceiling. Um, we came into the building. We were there a little bit earlier and I looked at the ceiling and I kind of like did the math in my head. And I said, well, I'm about this big. Keith's bigger than me. That ceiling's about right here. Um, there's no effing way I'm not going through it today. Like, it's unavoidable. And then I just kind of, like, got in the ring, and I reached up with my hand, and I was like, damn. Yeah, I'm going through this. We get to the match. Keith picks me up. And then when he does a spirit bomb, it places you, which is scary, in the power bomb position first. And then lifts you higher. So when I got in his shoulders, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be awesome. I'm not going to break anything. And then he lifted me and I went 19 feet higher in the air. And I was like, wait, where the fuck am I? And for like a half a second, I froze and I'm in the attic of this building. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then I go down and the whole ceiling comes down with me. And I was just like, I'm never getting booked here again. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so, you want to talk enough, about uh, my some of my fans are keeping track. Uh, I have accumulated 13 broken roofs at this point i've been put through 13 ceilings that's awesome keith, that's awesome. keith's got two of them and well, uh i'll oh, go ahead Dan. 
Go ahead, well, I, I was going to say, I, I think it's probably better than Salem fans because if you were to go through one of those Salem <laughs> fans at the uh, the Pal and Waterbury, that definitely would have been a pretty That'd sight. Be bad. That would be very bad. <laughs> so you, oh, wrestled ahead, for right. wrestle, uh, you wrestled Sammy Guevara for Wrestle Circus. How did that come about? Mm-hmm. I thought that was um, a great match. That's something I watched today, actually. Thank so you. That's good. another one of the, my favorite matches that I got to have kind of recently. That was a couple years back now. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, at Russell Circus, um, I think that just kind of fell into the lap where my debut announcement got a little bit more buzz than I think they were anticipating. Um, I have very loyal fans, man, and I'm very appreciative of that. That when things go up for me and new opportunities, they're all over it, and they let them know like how happy and excited it makes them, and uh, that makes me want to work harder. So that was one. That was a, that's a prime example of uh, me busting my ass and everybody coming through for me because uh, I didn't have a match set, and they were like, "Hey, we want to use you on the show. We have no clue what we're going to do with you." Uh, and their hottest act is Sammy Guevara, uh, and then. It, when I got the call maybe a week beforehand, they're like, hey, we're going to do it. You versus Sammy. Like, we're just going to, like, whatever the fuck you guys want to do, do it. Um, so for me, creatively, that was great because he's, uh, he's just like me. He's the Texas version of me. He's a young punk. Like, he's got his, his flippy high-flying style. I'm more strike-based and arrogant. But, like, um, I did this nice promo on him where he, I told him I was going to become the new Mr. Russell Circus. I can beat his ass, all that stuff. So when I when I came out, my reaction immediately turned. The fans that were now happy to see me are now booing me because this is their big guy. This is Sammy Guevara. He's like got a panda head on. He does perfect kip ups and stuff. Like I don't do that shit. Um, right. But man, the environment. I wish the um, I wish the video, like the YouTube videos, or even their live feed when they had it on Twitch or whatever. I wish you would do justice to the, the the building was shaking while we were wrestling. And I had never really experienced anything like that. Like there's just like a thousand people in this room and they're so excited for what we're doing that like the fucking ring is moving two feet at a time while we're wrestling in it because they're banging on the floor. Like I had, I never, I've never felt that. Um, and Sammy was a guy who like going into it, I heard 50, 50 reviews, good and bad, but I'm one of those people where it's just like, I don't care what anybody says about you. Uh, I'm going to go deal with you myself. And if our interactions are cool, then we're good. Obviously being a piece of sh- a super piece of shit aside. Um, but Sammy was super cool with me. He called me, sir. Well, that was weird. I kept telling him to stop it. Uh, <laughs> but then we had our match and it was just like two motivated dudes just went out there and had the best match they could. Um, and I think there was like, points where I personally would have ended the match sooner because um, I feel like uh, we would have hit our high note and I didn't want to go over and lose the crowd. Um, and I, the veteran in that situation, shut my mouth, listened to Sammy, who knew the audience better than me, and I said, okay, man, we're going to go with what you have in mind and we're going to sprinkle a little bit of uh, my idea here at the end. And I'm so happy that I did listen to him because – it has one, it got me a friend, like a real life friend with Sammy. That's my boy. Um, but that match, it instantly took my career to a whole nother level. Um, the power of the Twitch internet, the instant GIF, the instant videos, like um, all of that stuff is so, it's so influential for, for independent wrestlers. And I think guys kind of overlooked that, like having your video hit big for you. Like, yeah, it's only, a, for me, it was only a small clip of what we had done in the match. I think my tombstone, uh, to him on the apron because he's a lunatic and he let go 
uh, and he did a crazy, crazy sell for me. It was awesome. But it got like 50 million views, and I was just like, wow, that's only one part. Wait till they watch the whole damn match. Um, and when you watch the whole match, it's just, it just kind of was something special. Like, I don't really say that too often about my matches, but um, the one with Chris and that one with Sammy, there was just something special about them. Now, uh, what about the uh, the match that was supposed to happen um, oh. for XWA? You were supposed to have a match with AJ Styles. Unfortunately, oh. that didn't come about because he injured himself. But then you got the surprise with Matt Hardy. Now, how did that come about? Were you aware last minute, or was it just something like, hey, you're in the ring, we got a surprise for you? Um, so, yeah, this was a couple of years back. The thing with AJ bummed me out. I'm still bummed out about that. Um, I did tell him that our match was going to happen, and he did tell the audience that the match was going to happen. But then in the locker room, I made sure that he knew that one day myself and him will have a wrestling match. So if I say it out loud, it's in the universe. The universe makes it happen. Um, but I didn't, I did unfortunately know that he was injured, um, and it was right before his WWE debut. Um, so like, and he was. He was like uh, on the fence about what he wanted to do. Uh, and I'm rest assured to tell him like, hey, man, I'm not going to lose sleep about it. I work very hard and I expect you to work very hard against me. If you feel like that's going to injure you, please don't do that. But that was dumb. Uh, and he was taught, told by his doctors and all that, like, hey, don't do the wrestling match. Just do the meet and greet. Um, so we were kind of forced to make some phone calls and see what who was going to fill in for him. Um, luckily I have some great friends and man, I, I, I have to find the notebook. I have the notebook somewhere. I saved it, but I have a list and there's like 32 people that we wrote out and we called every single one of them and, and like, just, Hey, can you make this day? Can you do this? And mind you, some of these guys were calling up to like the day before. And I believe the Sunday show was on like a Saturday and Sunday was a holiday or something like that. It was a crazy situation. Um, but one of my friends, Kevin Keenan, who used to be an official in the WWE, um, he has a very good rapport with the Hardys. Uh, he was just like, yo, I bet y'all can get you Matt Hardy down here. And I was like, bullshit, bro. I bet that we can't get Matt Hardy to come do the show. Uh, he called Matt Hardy and Matt was on the first flight out the next morning. Uh, and he came out and did the wrestle and did the match with me. And like, that was another one that helped change my career. Uh, it, it, it gave me a lot of uh, momentum going forward. It got me to TNA, uh, got me to do a bunch of stuff with, uh, with Matt, with the Hardys, grab uh, a lot of uh, information and knowledge from them. Uh, just being able to sit around them and listen to stuff and put matches together. Like, like, yo, I can just sit down and just talk to Jeff Hardy and be like, okay, man. So let me take your twist of fate. Like, kid inside of me is going fucking bananas like here he right. is big ass jeff hardy looking at me with his face painted fucking one eye left and one eye right i don't know what the hell he's looking at calling masters with me like it was just surreal it was unbelievable for me right. um so like i i'm bummed i didn't get to wrestle aj but at the same time like would have would all of that have happened if i did right so i can't really harp right. on it if i'm supposed to wrestle aj it'll happen it'll happen right well, I'm telling you, I think an opportunity for you, I think everybody should go vote for JT Dunn to be the next person in line for the TNT title. <laughs> AW. I mean, Just hey, you did have that incident. I mean, you did have that incident last year at Over the Top. You and Mike, yeah. you know, get a surprise attack from it. Adam and Cody. He's, he's still upset because I beat him. <laughs> That's why he came back and did that. 
now with uh, with with Cody with Cody and Adam there, were they doing uh, scouting that day? Like, were you considered a thought? Like, hey, we want to bring you in once AEW launches. Um, I wouldn't. I would say scouting always. Those guys. Um, right. I don't really ask right. them those types of questions. Um, they're just my friends. Like, um, but I know that <clears throat> we did do that. And then I was immediately paired up with uh, every AEW guy going forward in Northeast Wrestling, um, which was credit to Michael Lombardi at Northeast. Uh, he saw that they kind of had an interest in, in what I was bringing to the table, and they have a great working relationship already together before the AEW stuff. He'd always have the Bucks, Kenny, and everything like that, and Cody was a champion there. Um, <clears throat> so I think he paired me with them because it's good business. Um and then when AEW came to Boston and Philly and Pittsburgh, like I was at all of those shows and stuff like that. Uh, and some people were they're like, oh, they didn't sign JT right away. Like, that's okay, man. Like, I'm not sweating. Yeah, so I, I'm not going to say that they were necessarily there to scout people. Um, they were right. there just to help build their brand. And I assume if you see somebody that you like, um, you kind of keep an eye on them. I became definitely one of those guys, I feel, uh, without even having to say it. Uh, and then because they have such a good working relationship together, it was really cool to just be fed the AEW guys. Uh, I wrestled Kaz and, and Daniels, uh, Scorpio Sky, uh, Cody, the Hangman thing, um, just everybody that had come through. Darby a million times, that was like my big feud. And then uh, I got Moxley uh, two times before they went like into their exclusive deals uh, ending out the summer. Um, so it was super cool to be able to to get to do all that stuff, um, and it shows that there is a uh, a lot of mutual respect, I believe, for uh, between myself and those guys for us to be continuously working together. What's your, yeah. if you don't mind me asking, what's your favorite mm -hmm. arena to work for Northeast Wrestling? What's your favorite arena for them? Oh man, I love the Mid Hudson Civic Center. I'm always going to be biased to that, uh, right. but probably that Waterbury place. building. I love that yep. building. I don't know what it is. Like we were talking about earlier, I just I feel like a different human being in there. Like I'm just ready to go crazy. <laughs> right. You fit a lot of people in there. Yeah. And uh, right, speaking of your, um, you know, your time with, with uh, Cody and Adam, uh, mm -hmm. you were invited backstage for an AEW show uh, a couple of months ago. How'd that come about? Um. Again, just. Uh, having good relationships with people um and I'm, I'm sure those matches and everything and then um a lot of those matches were great because it was my first time working with those people um so now there was more people within the company who had something positive to say about me and i say that in a way because after wrestling me i don't think there's anybody who has a negative uh, feeling inside of them about me um because i'm a very very selfless wrestler um so getting to wrestle those guys who are with what you're uh what you're doing with those guys so it was very cool to be trusted with that on great stages uh some of them were the biggest shows for northeast wrestling of the year in front of thousands of people and i'd like to believe that uh my match stood out as as the best every single show um i'm happy to sit here and, and uh, have a conversation with those on the show who believe otherwise but I believe that we done stole it. <laughs> now, right. when it finally, you know, when it's finally time for you to make that next move, that big decision move, mm -hmm. um, are you willing to be NXT or AEW bound when it's time? For you? 
I feel like I've given a million different answers to this question. Um, and I feel like my new answer, because this is how I feel in my soul, now, in my heart, the person who takes the chance with me is going to get the most hardest working, dedicated, greatest professional wrestler you've ever seen. So if it's NXT, if it's Impact, if it's New Japan, if it's Ring of Honor, if it's anything, I'm going to make you so much fucking money. <laughs> I uh, love that answer. But, but seriously, though, man, whoever whoever takes a chance on me, um, I'm, I'm the most ready I've ever been. I'm the most mature as an adult in my life. Uh, I'm a grown-ass man now. It's got to be mature. Uh, no more games with me. There's no more distractions. I have my real life in order for the first time in a very, very long time. Uh, and I feel like I have new motivation in wrestling. Um, as selfless as I am in the ring, um, I feel very selfish in my career uh, to a degree where a lot of these things were done for me, for me to prove somebody else wrong, for me to prove that this thing what said about me wasn't true, uh, for me to prove this person who didn't believe in me wrong. Um, and I feel like maybe that's why my uh, my million dollar contract hasn't come about because I've been fueled by this negative energy, this hate, this uh, this need to just not let these people be right. I'm at a point now where I've reassessed and reevaluated my life, the things that I've uh, thought, my mentality. I wasted so many years thinking about those things and, and letting them, uh, yeah, they did fuel me to some great matches, but imagine those matches or imagine those moments when hate isn't the fuel. Imagine those moments where there's just love or admiration or respect uh, in, in a full degree. And I feel like I'm at that point in my life. Uh, I am in love. I'm happily in love. Uh, and I feel like I wrestle for her for now because I see her future. I see what I want. Uh, I see what she wants, and this is what I was put on this earth to do, is to do pro wrestling. And during this quarantine, uh, I did go through a period where I was like, ah, I'm not going to back to wrestling. Uh, I, I, I don't want to do the Twitter thing. I don't want to do the Facebook thing. I, I can't do this bullshit drama. Um, I don't fight with people. If, if, we got, if we're mad enough to fight, we can go right outside in a public property, and we can throw fucking fists. If it's not at that point, and you don't think it's ever going to be that point, Shut the fuck up. Don't say anybody's name. And just mind your business. Simple. Very simple. Um, but now that I have this different motivation, um, and I just feel like, I don't care. That was the greatest advice I had ever given. I had ever been given. The Young Bucks told me right before our match at American Rana, when it was the, us versus the Juicy Pro, them versus Juicy Product, they were like, you know when you're going to have the most fun in wrestling? And I was like, when, Nick and Matt? And they were like, when you just don't give a fuck. And it never made sense to me. At points in my life, I thought it made sense to me. But now it makes the most sense to me. Now I don't give a fuck. Now I don't care about people's opinions. Uh, I care about the people who want to help me make a positive impact on multiple people's lives on a bigger scale. Because um, it's always going to be more than wrestling. I have a bigger brand than wrestling. Uh, I love to talk about life, happiness, the pursuit of actually attaining happiness, sobriety, drugs, addiction, rehabilitation, I like sports. Like there's just so many different layers to me that have been bottled up and just contained because I have to be this PG pro wrestler. Well, I don't want to be a PG pro wrestler. I'm not a P I'm not, I'm not a PG person, man. Like to get clean, I literally locked myself in my room for 60 days and beat the shit out of myself. Like that's how I felt. I fought my demons. Like I don't, I, I'm just a different cat. 
at the end of the day, I'm just a different cat. And I, I tried to be what wrestling wanted me to be for so long. And what all these other promoters and these other wrestlers needed me to be, um, because it was easy for them to step over me. It was easy for them to manipulate me or use me or whatever the fuck they needed to do with me in wrestling. I see it all now. Now I understand it a little bit clearer. Uh, and now, now I'm like on the same wavelength as like Dave Cole was all those years back. And I thought it was just those funny little cigarettes he was smoking. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Dan, you got anything else? It's refreshing. I'm, um, you, I'm sorry if it yeah, sounds yeah. like I'm venting. This is the, you know, the first, first time, first podcast I've done really in this quarantine. And I, I know people are going to want to watch it and they're going to be like, what is this numbskull going to say? Fuck you is what I'm gonna say. I'm all I'm I'm me. I'm me. You done woke up a beast. <laughs> now we're glad to have you here, man. This is awesome to have you. But um I, I think uh going on with the uh final question that I have here mm-hmm. is you know, you have a message for anyone who wants to break into the business. To break Anywhere. into the wrestling business. Yeah, just uh, you know, any words okay. of advice. Um yeah, I do. I have a, I wish I could do a whole episode of this. Um, but to keep it brief for people, um, be sure. Be sure this is what you want. It's not about a million dollars. You're not going to see that for a very long time. If you're in it for instant gratification and fame, you have to accept the good and the bad because as easy as it is to go viral and to get attention publicly, it's just as easy to go viral and gain attention publicly in a very negative way. Uh, and I think a lot of people in wrestling have come forward and, and, and shown that uh, as their last months have shown. Um, but I feel like now in wrestling, there's a different generation of wrestlers coming in. Uh, everybody's a lot more exposed. There's no more privacy. Um, and I feel like I sacrificed a lot. Uh, for me, uh, me being on social media is like that. That's not a me thing. I don't. I don't enjoy putting my business out there. But in wrestling, you have to. You have to have a public forum. Uh, now it's just kind of like every kid's got a TikTok and a Twitter and 50 million followers and all this crazy, craziness. Um, but if you're ready to live in that life, wrestling could be for you after school. After you have something set up for you, uh, I tell people wrestling is always going to be here it's not going anywhere it's been here for hundreds of years before me it's going to be here hundreds of years after me uh, it's waiting for you when your opportunity is set i think school is the most important thing i wish i went back to school uh there's still times where i'm like you know what i'm gonna go back and just get 15 fucking degrees and then nobody in the world can stop me um but i still love wrestling and i really want to uh just give this thing everything i still got so for the new people, just be ready to give up everything. But I promise you, I promise you, if you do it right, if you work hard, you treat people the same exact way you want to be treated back, wrestling is going to be the greatest thing that ever happens to your entire life. That's amazing. Is there anything you want to promote before we say goodbye? Uh, don't do drugs, kids. <laughs> <laughs> Social media, obviously. Uh, Where can they find you? I'm at DJT Dunn on everything on social media. Um, I launched right. my brand new merchandise store. It's shopjtdunn.com. Tons of crazy stuff on there. Shirts, hoodies, long sleeves, fanny packs. I got mugs. I got pets. Uh, I got hoodies oh. for your pets that say over as fuck on them. They said the craziest thing. <laughs> I got socks. 
everything i've just i went into a hiatus i went and just created a bunch of merchandise i put it on a store i've been working on it for two months and then i finally dropped it this week uh, and finally giving my fans what they've been waiting for and i feel like it's finally something more than a black t-shirt with lettering on it like every other independent wrestler in the world has uh so i'm excited to continue to build this and it's great because i get to mix it with uh the gaming aspect of my life which has become a very big component for me during the quarantine as uh, it's helped me interact with my fans uh it's helped me stay in touch with them since i can't see them at shows they can't see me uh and i am very much one of the people uh, so it's very cool to be able to mix my brands together and it's weird now having fans that are uh, fans of mine from gaming and i had a person ask me today uh hey do you do wrestling and i was just like oh man you don't even know who that guy is it's awesome <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but all that stuff's on there shopjtdone.com cool i'm gonna check it out dan anything else you want to add um like i said once again uh i just want to thank you for coming on to the show man i just you know i've been a fan of yours for so long and you know once this podcast started i was like all right i gotta get jt on here you know <laughs> it's been so long since i've seen you in a northeast wrestling event hopefully when all this pandemic and craziness is over with mm-hmm. cleared out the way you know i want to see you main eventing you know because i look at oh, you yeah. i've always like i've always looked at you as a main event caliber superstar and uh you know, I just just going to keep this pushing, like you said. You know, just focus on what you really want to do. And this podcast is something that I've been pushing for the past month and a half now. Thanks to Rick. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it wasn't for you, you know, I I wouldn't be here. You know, I wouldn't be sitting here talking to JT. I wouldn't be sitting here talking to Boldred last week. You know, it's just like fun, fulfilling. You know, I just feel like God set this up. You know, God's plan. You know absolutely man and like i said earlier you say it out in the universe you wish it and you will it it happens you don't gotta you don't gotta beg and plead when you want something and then the universe knows and god knows that you want it he brings it to you life brings it to you it's uh that's pretty incredible that it works that way but we're sitting here and living proof in it right now in this moment we're sitting in that proof it works it works Sure. I love that you're so positive, man. That's awesome. <laughs> There's a lot of I'm negative in the world. Yelling. We need that. Man. I'm only we negative really... when I'm gaming. When I'm gaming, then I'm yelling at everybody. Motherfucker, scapping, lagged, all that. <laughs> That's what I'm driving. But you know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Thank you so much once again. I appreciate Guys, it. I appreciate you having me. I appreciate your hospitality, your niceness. You didn't even ask me who my favorite wrestler is. I'm so fucking happy about that. <laughs> You know what? That, that, that was the first thing you said to me, too. You were like, whatever you do, please don't ask me what my favorite wrestler please, was. I was man. like, all right. Yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not too fond of this, but if I can share one last thing. There's sure. a guy who I did a podcast, and uh, first question, he was like, oh, uh, TJ, uh, it's great to have you here. And I was like, oh, fuck me. He just called me TJ. Oh, man. Okay. Oh, I'm going to let that man. one slide. And he goes, so uh, growing up, uh, who was your favorite wrestler? I said, okay, and I just hit the red button on my phone, and I put my phone down, and I went back about my day. <laughs> you messed up my name, and then you asked me who my favorite wrestler was. Like, come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. That's awesome, man. That's, that's hilarious. <laughs> that didn't that's hilarious. Here. I had a great time. I had a great conversation with y'all. Thank you for allowing me the opportunity to share more than wrestling, uh, that we are people. There is a human here inside this wonderful handsome frame um thank you guys man this is a blast 
Thank Hope you. I hope to, get to back see you to wrestling soon. and I'm whooping ass in the main event. I'll come back on here. I'll tell you about whose ass I whooped and I'll tell you who's the biggest bitch. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks good. again. <laughs> Take care. Appreciate y'all. Thank you. Thank you, man.